Chica, Mari, thanks so much for joining us on Being and Making Disciples. It's great to have you with us tonight. Oh, thanks for having us, Dan. Oh, you bet. I'm I'm really, really excited for this. So both of you are doing right now, like you do what we talk about. This show is all about being and making disciples. So living as a follower of Jesus Christ and helping other people do that. And that's your full-time gig. Like you've taken what all Christians are supposed to do and you've just decided I'm doing nothing else but this with my entire life. So that's pretty cool. I, I at least think it's really cool. Yeah, I, it's so weird to hear you say it like that. It's I was like, thinking the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> life is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> I, somebody told me a line. It was a long time ago. He's basically like, "I'm a paid Christian. Like, I just get paid to do what I'm supposed to do anyway." <laughs> but, but that doesn't sound as good. Right. <laughs> but it sounds because we, we are supposed to do all this, right? Like yeah, everyone's yeah. supposed to be. So it's kind of like we're like we're the ones who figured out how to like how to make a living out of doing the thing Jesus asked us to do, which is that's I'm happy with it. I love it. It's it's a interesting thing that like it's a grace in this moment in history that we can make a living, mm -hmm. a comfortable living, nothing like super, nothing not even yeah, super, yeah. nothing lavish that we get to live and thrive um, and preach the gospel full time, like. That's amazing. Yeah, it's such a grace. It really is. I mean, like throughout history, there have not been a lot of people, just lay people who go out and do this. And mm -hmm. I mean, it, like when it's happened, they typically turn into religious. Like, I don't know that St. Francis started out thinking like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a religious. I'm going to start a religious order. I think he was just like, I need to do this differently. Like I need to live mm -hmm. the gospel. And that mm -hmm. turned into a religious order. Um, but like if there's any Franciscan historians out there, forgive me if I'm, if I'm messing that up, like you might be like, of course you <laughs> wanted to start a religious order. That was his goal all along, not knocking on it. It was a good thing. But just as far as lay people really like being able to go out there and do this mm -hmm. full time, that's, that's pretty novel. So I'm happy about it. Well, uh, let me do a couple introductions. So Chica, I'm going to start with you just cause you're right next to me on the screen. So, uh, <laughs> you work for Vagabond Missions. And you're currently hanging out in Pittsburgh, which is why you're wearing the scarf and Marty and I are not wearing scarves. <laughs> um, and you do something really, really cool is in that you go in and work with people who frequently have never heard the gospel. So unchurched people um, mm -hmm. or for whatever reason, just haven't been introduced to the main message of Christianity. And these are also people who are uh, very much underprivileged. So whether that's that's financially or, or some other way that's your that's your audience that's who you spend time with right yes yeah so i'm a director of formation or a director of missionary care for vagabond missions and our goal is to mobilize missionaries to go into inner cities underserved communities to share the gospel to let young people especially know that they are loved that they are seen and that they are respected so part of my uh part of the job that i have is to train and form these missionaries that come from all walks of life. Some of our missionaries are, uh, they used to be teens who we discipled, uh, who missionaries discipled and are now going into areas that they either lived in or areas where um, they recognize a need and that they are now discipling other young people. So it's so wild and so beautiful. Um, we also host camps where teens from all of our different sites. Currently, we have 10 sites throughout the country. We are opening three new sites next uh, next year. Oh my gosh. Uh, so in 2022, we're opening three new sites and we host camps for them, retreats, 
Uh, we take them on retreats and conferences. We have these uh, youth centers called undergrounds where they come, there's always food because we understand that a lot of our young people deal with food insecurity. Uh, there's always just someone to listen and to love on them. And we invite them into the church as well after getting to know them and just hanging out with them. A lot of the teens will ask like, what is it about you? Uh, that makes you the way that you are, and then we can introduce them to Jesus. So we have something called Jesus Class, which is RCIA, and some of the young people, they want to know more about Jesus because they've met these missionaries who have discipled them, and they come into the church. So um, yeah, it's a beautiful ministry, and it's such a blessing, and it's so weird. Like, I picked up my life from Southern California to move to Pittsburgh, and I'm wearing a scarf indoors go figure. Well, it's a great accessory if nothing else, but Thank you. <laughs> um, you, I mean, you're, so you're doing what Jesus did. Like you're I mean, just going and, and being with people. And I think sometimes we complicate Christianity to the point where it's like, well, how, how do we do this? And yeah. uh, there's a, a question that I like to ask myself when I'm planning something, if this were easy, what would it look like? And it sounds mm -hmm. like somebody just asked that question. Like, if this were easy, what would it look like? It would look like going and spending time with kids who don't even have what they need to eat and giving them that to them and then talking to them about Jesus. Yeah. Bob Lesneski is a founder of Vagabond uh, Missions, and he's this dude that's like tatted up from, you know, from face to feet, I'm sure. Um, he just, I remember one time we were having a meeting and we were having dinner and he leaves for a while he comes back and he just has like a couple of people who he just calls off the street and he's like hey we have dinner do you want to come have dinner with us because we have food like that's that's it it's so simple it's that invitation whatever it is whether it's you know come have dinner with us come hang out here's a safe place you know we we are blessed to have people who donate to the mission donate to our salaries you know, when we're talking about like, oh, I get paid for this. Well, we, we fundraise our money and it's, you know, very biblically based as, you know, Paul and so many of the other disciples um, were taken care of from the means and materials of other believers. Mm -hmm. And so people who believe in the mission are so kind and generous that they donate so that we can live and eat and so that we can do this mission. Um, but it, it is simple in some ways where it's just that invitation and then in other ways, you know, we, we complicate it with so much more, but yeah. Yeah, no, good stuff. Well, what, something you said that I really, really like was um, the people who you, who used to be in, like in the program who were discipled by other missionaries. Now it's kind of come full circle and they're the ones who are reaching back out to their communities, either places they live or like where they lived. And to me, that's like, that's the goal. Cause then, yeah. It's, it's a community saying, these are like, this is my home. And this is so important to me that I want to bring this message here. So to me, that's, that's the fruit that you want to see. There's nothing more than that that you would want to see. Absolutely. And there's no sense of like saviorism. We know that Jesus is a savior. We just want to love on people the way that our Lord did and to make it grassroots. So we go into a community and it's not, we're not just there for a little bit, but we really want to know the people of the community, who owns that restaurant, what kid goes to which school. Um, and sometimes that even means like knowing the law enforcement that is there. 
So if a kid does get in trouble, we can say, hey, you know, this is a situation. We are here. We don't want to get them in the system. We want to mentor them. We want to love on them. So let's help Mm -hmm. out with that. So there are opportunities to really get to know. And our missionaries actually live in the communities in which they serve. It may not be the same city, but it's very close to, as close as possible to the missions that they serve. Uh, We also get committees from that area that can help us. So if I'm coming from California here to Pittsburgh, I may not know the communities that well, but because we have volunteers and we have a committee from the area, they can help for me so that I can, you know, just, I want to be able to love to the best of my ability. And that means getting to know the area. So what better way to know it than from the people who are there and our missionaries that are, who were teens who are now missionaries. I mean, it's, amazing it's so beautiful to see their hearts just blossom and bloom for the lord and for uh their brothers and sisters in christ that's awesome well i want to i want to hear more about it but we also i want to hear more about what Mari does so Mari, you have (laughs) uh, recently you started working with evangelical catholic part of that you were working at a so was it an all girls catholic high school in, in south florida uh, no, oh, no. Okay. Uh, it was sorry but i love the <laughs> it was a co-ed high school i was a campus minister and i taught morality and sacraments for eight years okay. there and it was a school that i went to school at so it was oh a, that's really fun so i mean kind of the, like just awesome. like what we were talking about you i mean you, you were a teen there for a while and then you came back but I now think- you're working with Evangelical Catholic, which is one of my absolute favorite uh, Catholic ministries out there that helps parishes embrace missionary discipleship. And like, we, we can't have enough of these. Like, we need more of them until everybody in the church thinks that the, the phrase Catholic missionary disciple is redundant. We need more people mm-hmm. talking about it. And mm-hmm. Evangelical That's Catholic it. is doing it as well as anybody. Um, mm-hmm. So, like one, how did that happen? How'd you, how'd you get involved with them? And what do you all do to help move the needle? Yeah. So the, how it happened is, uh, people think I'm like, this is ridiculous. So <laughs> I had felt that the Lord was calling me to something new. And I told him, you know, it's almost May. That's when you sign contract as a teacher. And I was like, God, I really need you to kind of let me know. I feel called somewhere else, but I don't fully know what you're calling me to. So I give you full permission. Um, I give you until the end of this week. Um, I've applied nowhere and done nothing, but you're God, so you can make it happen. Um, and I said, like, okay, Lord, but I'm serious. Because I've been say, saying a similar prayer for all, like, the whole year, pretty much. And finally, I was like, okay, Lord, this is it. You're in charge. Amen. And within two hours, I got an email from the Evangelical Catholic, which I had never heard of before, fun fact. Um, and they had found me on LinkedIn. And they were like, hey, we're not, we're not even sure if you're looking for a job or not, but we saw you and we just feel really called like would you would you be interested in taking like a 15 minute meeting and that's how that happened (laughs) honestly like i laugh because it's like jesus knows me so well and he knows that i need him to be very clear that's how that's how i ended up moving back to miami too like very clear with what he wants me to do he's not always that good you're always good, but you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> he's not always that clear, but he was definitely clear with that. And when I heard about what the Evangelical Catholic is doing, they explained this whole process. And then finally I was like, so you're doing what Jesus did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's called 
like they call it the mission process and it's literally we work with pair i'm a consultant so i work with parishes and universities across america and i work with like two or three people that are the main people and then we discern together and pray and the main the, the focus is okay first of all like how's your prayer life doing we invest in making sure that they're being fed spiritually that they're in a good place to be able to go out and we really encourage the lay people it's all about encouraging the laity to take the ownership of we're being called it's not just about priests and religious if you look at numbers the laity is where it's at like <laughs> we need to be able to take ownership of that and so we literally do a mission process and it's we take time and we pray and we pray about people to, to invite and then we invest in a group of kind of like jesus invested in 12 disciples we invest in a group of six to 12 people and we walk with them for four months and we walk with them and see what, what we can do and train them and help them grow and talk about their spiritual life and talk about the mass and talk about all these things, but also how to have conversations with people, like how to literally, there's a whole section that's how to have conversations. And these are some good questions to ask because unfortunately we live in a world where people don't know how to have real conversations, like authentic conversations yeah, that yeah. We're asking questions about your heart and what's going on. And it's not just the weather is really nice today, you know, <laughs> but real conversations. And then we encourage them to start their own apostolate and to go out. And it's not a ministry. It's not even an official ministry of the parish or the university. It's just you're the laity and this is what we're called to do. So we're going to invest in you and go and invite people, invite people from your par parish, invite people from your family, invite your friends, invite people that you work with and do a small group or go, you know, ax throwing and then talk about Jesus after, you know, it's just doing activities and encouraging people to be the church. That's literally what we do. And it's, it's been really beautiful because as a student, as a teacher with my students, you do that. And I've worked with them and I loved, I absolutely love, and I miss my kids every day. Everyone knows that it's no secret to anyone, but here it's like, well, what happens after? And how can we encourage people after and how can we meet them after they graduate high school and really continue the church and help it grow into just encouraging people to be who we were created to be and to, to invite others to do the same. I really like that you, you encourage people to start their own apostolate <laughs> because it, sometimes the parish can get a little cluttered and people almost feel like they need permission to it's like, nobody needs permission to evangelize. Like you would need permission from Jesus not to. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think he's going to give it. So mm -hmm. like you said, we need to take, everybody needs to take responsibility for this. And yeah. um, the, I kind of like encouraging people to think of the parish as a geographical boundary. So like if it's a zip code, like that's where your parish is. And it, mm -hmm. if something is happening in your parish, it doesn't mean it's happening in the church or in the, mm -hmm. the classrooms for where they do CCD. It means it's happening mm -hmm. in your home, in that parish mm -hmm. boundary. So mm -hmm. People in Louisiana get that better than anybody else, I think, because like they, they don't even have counties. It's just like, that's your parish. That's it's where it parishes. is. Yeah. <laughs> like, as it 100%. should be. Yeah. Um, so true. Well, that's really fun. So um, yeah. the there's a, lo a lot of directions we, we could go from here. But um, I would imagine that for both of you, you, uh, Chica, especially with like young people, when they're meeting you for the first time, or if you're, if you're talking with them or, or working with missionaries and then Madi, when you're working with parish leaders, um, they want to know, like, what about you? How did you end up doing this? Like, why aren't you, you know, 
like working in sales or, or doing something else somewhere. So um, I encourage I people to have sales. like, yeah, no, you, we do. You're right. Yeah. But why don't you, you know, why don't you <laughs> no, sell I, that? Like I did, I worked in sales for like yeah, three yeah. years of my life. <laughs> um, but if, so if you walked onto an elevator and somebody turned to you and saw that you had a crucifix on, or maybe you had like that Rambo Joseph, like tattooed on your arm or something. And they're like, Hey, what, what's up with that? And you had one minute to explain why you're a Catholic. What would you say? And we're going to go Marty first. The person that put her eyes like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, grew up Catholic. Um, saw miracles happen before my eyes. Literally people in wheelchairs just get up and start walking. Knew the Lord was real, um, but had a lot of questions and kind of wanted ownership of my faith and um, spent most of my childhood in a hospital. So I've had 13 ear surgeries. I was supposed to die, long story short. Jesus, miracle, I'm alive. Um, and through that, I encountered the Lord as a real person that helped me to overcome all of those obstacles. And I realized that um, we were, we had to be created for something more than this world. Um, and that's when I kind of started having a conversation, a real relationship with the Lord. Um, then went to high school and high school in Miami is really hard, was a hypocrite for a while and um, kind of wasn't sure how to live on my faith fully. And then decided to go all in when I was a summer missionary at a camp in Georgia. And that's through sacrament of confession and adoration, specifically through the Eucharist. Um, everything just clicked and made sense. And I knew that I had to, that God has to be real. And I decided to give him my full yes. And, you know, I had my plans and he totally ruined them <laughs> and <laughs> made them way better than I could ever imagine. And it's been the best decision of my life. Um, and every day I'm still making that decisions because every day I have to choose to surrender my life to the Lord and to trust in him. And he is 100% worth it even in the midst of difficulty. That's great. So if I were on the elevator with you, I would totally want to stay on and hear more. Like I'd, I'd have all <laughs> sorts of questions for you. So, wow. That's you said so, one minute. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> That was like, I think probably 15 floors. So that was, if it's a big building, then we're good to go. Um, so you had like, you knew who that Jesus was real before high school. I think that's, that's gotta be unique for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, when you're in the midst of so much suffering, um, I don't care how old you are, you, you have a, you, there's just something in you that you, you desire that relationship with the Lord. Like you, there's no way that I could have come overcome any of that without him. Um, it just wasn't possible. So huge yeah. blessing, um, to have that at such a young age, but even, even with that, it wasn't enough until later on in life that I had to have my reversion and <laughs> do it all over again. So why do you think that you didn't become bitter and angry at God for your suffering? A part of it is like, I literally was not supposed to be alive at all. So like, <laughs> when like, I'm supposed to be dead. So, um, it was a miracle of like, okay, Lord, like I'm so grateful for my life and I'm so grateful for the fact that I'm here. And I know that that's because of you. And even though my surgeries were super painful and um, recovery was absolutely atrocious, right? It wasn't, um, yeah, it was a lot. I knew that he was the one getting me through it. Um, and I had my frustrations and I was 
in middle school and high school and I couldn't run, I couldn't sweat. I still can't wet my ears. Water hasn't entered my ear since I was seven years old. Um, so there's these things of like, there's differences in my life, but at the same time, like, God, I'm so grateful that I'm here and um, definitely had moments of yelling and complaining and shaking my head at the Lord, but he was just loving on me, you know? Wow. The wow. Whole time. So I, really what I'm hearing is gratitude. Like you just said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take the path of gratitude because it's like, yeah, it isn't given anyway. So mm -hmm. I can either be resentful or I can be grateful for what I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gratitude goes a long way in all aspects of life and even today. So that's a good word to choose because I still try to go by that today. And not to say it's easy. Like, I don't want to, I'm sure there's other people who are like suffering oh, right no. now. They're like, don't tell me to be grateful. I'm like, life's hard right now. It's not good. <laughs> um, but well, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Chica, your turn. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd like just preface it with, for me, like I've had my moments where I have uh, loved God well in those moments where I haven't loved him moments where I've experienced life uh, without God in the sense that I thought I was without him and moments where I have just dove into a relationship with him um, grew up a group Catholic my family is Nigerian it's a beautiful thing to be uh, my parents were like really active in the church as well as my brothers being all disarrayed my sister and I sang the choir and I just had catechists who made church alive and it was fun. They're like Lucy and Ethel from I Love Lucy. They would play pranks on people. They would always get into shenanigans. So church was somewhere that I wanted to be. We had a great pastor um, and just a, a great community, although uh, we were the only Catholic church in a seven-day Adventist community. So we had to know like the faith. We had so many Bibles and rosaries and catechisms like for every room in the house. It was just um beautiful but when i was a freshman uh eighth grade going into ninth grade i had a friend who passed away in a car accident mm -hmm. along with four other um students and it kind of made me very angry and bitter towards god um really asking the question of like why and from my freshman year of high school to my freshman year of college i had 11 people family and friends pass away and i was grasping like very much adam and eve well i guess eve just like grasping at something to fulfill me made lots of really stupid mistakes and god in his infinite mercy uh just allowed me to or you know, he, he came to me you know i was looking for you know, there's a song like from the 90s <clears throat> dating myself but uh like looking for love in all the wrong places some like old pop christian song and i think the lord was just like nope not there nope, <laughs> not there either keep keep trying baby and finally he was just like okay you suck at this game like i'm coming to you so uh god definitely came to me in a moment of uh, at a young adult retreat um and an intense experience of adoration as a freshman and then again as a young adult in college and just god does not disappoint he he always reveals himself in some way or another um yeah and whether that's like, for me, it's been having a very compassionate priest in uh, the confessional and also just spending time with the Lord uh, in adoration. That was way longer than a minute. No, no, Man, no, no. I'm not good at this. Yeah. So it's like um, 30 floors. Yeah. What right? I, 
That's a, yeah, it's like an LA building. We don't have buildings. Yeah, we're like going up, down, going to another building, and yeah. Or it's like Elf, yeah, like no. he hit all the buttons, and so it's like, well, Ooh. we're gonna have a conversation here. Um, I, I, I think that. I just, I I think that song might be a lot older than the '90s. It is way older. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 the the Christian song, not the. There's a. The, there's like a country song that's really, really twangy, bumpkiny, like. No, it's not that. I was thinking like 80s, but it wasn't oh, Christian. How dare so you. get out of here. What <laughs> now I'm like, what is this song? Let me go get my phone back. Well, I mean, just so Chica, you're like you and I are the same age. And so uh like I'm 24. You're 24? Well, I'm way older than you. <laughs> She's so not I 24. <laughs> I can pass though sometimes. I was told once. I know. I, I wish I had a, a picture up here. I don't know if I told you all this story when we were hanging out in NC NCYC, but um, did I tell you about when I shaved my head to make it look like I was an old man? No, please. So, no, please I missed that one. I'll see, I'll <laughs> see if I can picture. pull it up. So my, give me a second. Um, my, uh, I, when I was teaching high school Spanish, I made an agreement with my, um, I'm not logged into the account here, so I won't be able to pull it up, but I will, what I'll do is when we, when I edit this, I'll throw the picture in here. So if you want to see it, you'll have to just go back and, and go to this point in the episode and watch it. Um, I was a teacher. I made a bet with my students that if they, as a class, they averaged a really high number on a, on a test that I would let them choose my haircut. And I like, I didn't think they would get it at all. It was so high. I was like, there's no way the class is doing this. It was a combination of them being really motivated, my pet test being a little easy. And so they told me that I had to shave a receding hairline all the way back to like oh, here. No. And so, but like <laughs> this hair stayed. And so it was the classic, like middle-aged man who's lost almost all his hair, but here, look. Oh, and no. so I was, I was 24 at the time. Smart and kids. Regina and I were, my wife, we were walking through the supermarket. So imagine this, like a 24 year old couple walking I'm through. sorry how long did you keep this haircut for i had to keep it for a week oh, so man so just imagine like <laughs> imagine you're in the supermarket and you see this couple and it's like that's a 24 year old girl that's a young girl and regina already looked young so she could have been like 20 Ooh, and it's like with a really old guy and that's <laughs> it was it was just one of those and it like we're holding hands or i have my arm around her or something and we were getting triple takes like people would look <laughs> and then look again and it, like it had just kept getting better and better. I and mean, we just had like they couldn't figure it out. Oh, and then awesome. when I finally went to the barber shop to get it fixed at the end of the week, the guys were cracking up. They thought it was the best thing in the world. I mean, they like I walked in and all of the haircutting stopped and they just started laughing. Like every there was I mean, they were they were ruthless, but they appreciated oh, that's it. Good. So that's also uh, good. <laughs> no, I so what I like about your story, Chica, is there's like you you were mad at God and you were frustrated with him and you, I mean, like Job and like really anybody else who's, who's really suffered. Um, like you, you went through that um, and then allowed God to be there with you and meet you on the other side. Yeah. I, I remember the evening that my friend passed away. Um, I'm the youngest of four and super nosy. And so when the call came in, it was late at night and I just knew something was wrong. And so my mom picked up the phone and I went to her door and I was listening in and, you know, then she told me everything that happened. And I just remember, because this was after I had, a, I went on a retreat. I had this amazing 
experience and adoration, a tangible experience where I rested in the spirit and I felt the presence of God and it lasted a month. You know, people think like, oh, I'm Catholic, I'm Christian, life is going to be good. It's going to be so easy. And it's like, no, no, our, our faith is lived in the, in the midst of trial and suffering. And, and if anyone, when especially the world tries to tell you that just to be comfortable and, you know, eat your way through <clears throat> the difficulties or, you know, drink your way through this or just like, whatever, just numb yourself to comfort. And, and it's no, you have to like face it head on. And for me, and part of facing it was just like, I need to be mad at God. And I told him, I was like, I hate you. I'm so angry with you and I hate you. And then the next day I was like, oh my gosh, what did I say? Uh, and I quickly repented. <laughs> First and only time I've said that, quickly repented. But I mean, that was very much like the the day that everything shifted in my relationship from, with God from like, hey, life is fun and I love you to recognizing like, oh crap, you know, God, I'm angry with you. And I was like a little kid, you know, like when a baby, you have to discipline a child and you are their source of comfort, but yet they're mad at you. So it's kind of like, I need a hug from you, but also get away from me because I'm mad at you, but also be near to me because I need you. That's exactly how I was with God. Like, hold me Lord, because you're my father and I need you. But at the same time, I'm also going to ignore you and act like you're not there because I'm still mad at all these things that are happening in my life. And I just didn't have good coping mechanisms. I wish someone said, Hey, you really need therapy or, yeah. Hey, do you want to talk about it? And it was more like, you know, Nigerians, God bless us. It's kind of like, don't cry. You know, when a Nigerian funeral, it's you dance away your sorrows, which is so beautiful, but also there's a little trauma going on. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So God is very patient and gentle with me. Uh, until like I needed a kick in the butt and he was like, okay, are you ready to come back now? Yeah. He's a good guy. He's very patient with us. Super patient. Hmm. <laughs> well, now I want to like, I love just asking people, what should we do? So like you're in, you are both in the, in the thick of it. Like you see, and I mean, granted, there's there's no one quick fix. There's not a silver bullet. The church didn't get into this position overnight where lots of people are leaving. Um, so we're not going to get out of it overnight. It's going to be a long, slow process to, to for the church to be really healthy again. But um, what do you see? It could be like one thing or it could be a set of habits that you wish every Catholic would start doing now. Mm. Nose goes. I think I got it. Okay, go ahead. I, I, this is going to sound, I don't know how it's going to sound, but <clears throat> I wish Catholics around actually spent time to have a relationship with the Lord. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that makes the world of a difference. Like, yeah, yeah. genuinely committed yourself to have conversational prayer time with the Lord. I'm not just talking, the rosary is beautiful and our fathers are beautiful and divine mercies are beautiful and all these things are beautiful. But in order for like your life to be transformed and for you to see the beauty of the church, you need to have that relationship with the Lord to let your heart be united to his heart, to understand why he's the only one that you can really rely on to understand the goodness of what he's calling you to so that he can show you who you really are. And if you have a relationship with him, like a real relationship with him, then you're going to know your identity and you're going to know where you're called and you're going to say yes to him. And 
you're going to be able to go out and evangelize because the lover of your soul, right? Your heavenly father, your best friend, you know, you're going to be spending time with him and he's going to guide your every step. I, I mean, it sounds so simple and yet so complicated. Um, I think we have a lot of Catholics that just rather have images of Jesus and Mary everywhere um, and talk about the God, but um, won't dedicate the time to actually be seen by him, um, to allow themselves to be seen by him and to um, see him. I, I think that would just make everything, man, that'd be, that'd be huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, what something you said, let themselves be seen by him. Mm -hmm. that, that strikes me as immediately being very difficult. Mm -hmm. Because I don't, I don't know that people like themselves enough to be seen by him. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, there's whether it's self-loathing or, um, or shame or whatnot, but the thought of being seen or by pain. God. Yeah. It's, yeah. All sorts there's, of there's so many different things that it's, it's hard. It's vulnerability. And to be vulnerable means to allow yourself to be hurt. And, yeah. and we don't understand it's hard. And so even if it's God, because you've been hurt so much and because you have so much pain, it's difficult even with the Lord. Um, but man, is it worth it? So it's the best thing that I could tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's say I'm, let's say I'm that person. I'm that Catholic who like, who, you know, I love the, the rote prayers and the memorized ones and I can rattle off all these novenas and I can tell you about all the promises. Um, but I don't really have that conversational prayer with the Lord. How do I get started? Hi, Jesus. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but in the same way you talk to a friend um, and people will say, yeah, but he's God, he knows. So, yeah, yeah, but he wants to hear from you. And when you vocalize it and when you actually write it down and you are real, like authentically real in prayer where you have moments that you're like, Jesus, this is a great day. And you have moments that you're like, I'm pissed and I don't understand this and I'm hurt. And, and when you don't filter with God, because you don't need to filter with God, but I think we grow up thinking you have to filter because oh, he's God yeah, yeah. and like, yeah, worship him. But like, he's father, he's God, he's best friend. And um, he just wants your authentic self. And and I think when we can just be real and have a conversation with him and just tell him about your day and tell him about your fears and your hopes and your dreams, um, it makes the world of a difference. And of course, dive into scripture and all the things that he has so that he can speak back to you, listen to praise and worship music, these songs that just wreck you in the best way possible, you know? Um, yeah. So I would just say that start by saying hello. There we go. That's, and that's a great way to start a conversation with anybody too. So mm -hmm. if there's that person you like, Hey, if you're listening and there's somebody you have been meaning to, to talk to and you're intimidated, just go say hello, whether it's Jesus or, or, well, Chica, I hope that wasn't your answer. That was a really good one. <laughs> Okay, actually, it was though. So. <laughs> okay, well, you got to give us something else then. Which is like, sorry. Try to on the slide grab my phone real quick because I was like, okay, do you have a number? But that I just to reiterate what Maddie said. I think the first thing really is the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we look like Jesus, and the yeah. more we can love like Jesus. So prayer is always going to be my number one answer. Um, and then I I had to look at this quote because I didn't want to. Um, well, misquote it. But Mother Teresa says, if we have no peace, it's because we've forgotten that we belong to each other. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, I don't think it's just because of 
the virus that has, you know, the pandemic and everything, but we've really forgotten that we like each other for the most part. I mean, there are some people we're not going to like, and some people aren't going to like us and that's perfectly fine. That's life. But we are still called to be the body of Christ mm-hmm. and we have to do life together. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more we remember that and we live outside of like Jesus is the prime example of um, he could have come in this princely fashion that everyone needed to serve him. And he said, like, I came to serve and not to be served. So how do we live like Jesus? And when we have joy and when we have peace and we have the fruits of the spirit, it can't help but just to overflow onto others. And, you know, we, we have the gift of free will. And so some people are going to reject us and um, we're not, again, we're not going to get along with everyone, but we are still called to love like Jesus. And that's hard. Having the fruit of the spirit of joy in the midst of suffering because others have caused us harm, like that's difficult. Um, in the tumult that we're living in now, especially with um, just uh, like the racial injustice and all sorts of things, like we need to look at each other with with love and call each other onto holiness and yeah, I just think we've really forgotten how to love one another well. Um, and it doesn't help the pandemic of like, oh, you know, stay inside your house. And we kind of look at people with suspicion. And, you know, I have some germ issues. So anyone coughs, I'm like, what's, what's that about, you know? But at the same time, I, I really do. But I think of like- My hand at mass. <laughs> is it St. Catherine of Siena? Like there's some saint- I don't remember who this is, but I'm just, I always ask like Mother Teresa, like, how did you do this, Mother Teresa? Or I think it's like Catherine of Siena. Yeah. yeah. Someone like she sucked the pus out of someone's wound so that they can be healed. And I'm like, how friends? Like, how? Tell me, I don't want to do that. Like, I yeah. wasn't like, you know, Padre Pia, like, I would love to bilocate, but I also don't want to have, like, physical fights with the devil. Like, Mother Teresa, I would love to learn how to love like you, but I also don't want to pick worms out of people's bodies. But Jesus, give me the grace to do what I can do to love other people the way that you have, you want me to do that. Like, if I'm trying to be like a Mother Teresa, I'm just going to, I'm going to be a hot mess and a half. But if I can just be like Chica, the way that Jesus wants me to be Chica, and love other people i think that will that that's part of the mission yeah yeah that, oh. by the way we're not advocating anybody perfectly emulate Catherine of siena in that way like i, I don't know you why don't? why she did that <laughs> or if god wanted her to like that's one of those things like, like yeah that was like the that was a long time ago they didn't understand medicine the way maybe that was like <laughs> you know, like suck the poison out or suck the you know you like that's what you got to do oh, yeah um, and i'm glad we don't do that now that'd be rough so now that but i remember that story that actually motivated me when i was it was like okay lord if that's what you're calling me to do i gotta i gotta do stuff like that like and i'm glad the the opportunity never presented itself because i might have been like <laughs> all right i get like this stinks i just got to do it but um well that's no that's a beautiful answer as well i've I've thought a lot about that recently and especially in terms of friendship um i have great friends who sometimes oh. get on my nerves and mm. 
it's really easy to to think like, well, if they were like a better Catholic, then they wouldn't like get on my nerves or they wouldn't have done that or they wouldn't have upset me. And I'm realizing like maybe maybe it's not that novel of an insight and other people just like have already understood this. Like my friends are my friends and they're not perfect. Like I'm still there. I love them and I have to love them in their imperfection and their sinfulness. So that means sometimes like I'm, I might get mad at them. And the right thing to do is not say, well, you're not my friend anymore. Like we're, we're done. Forget it. But say like, okay, what's the next step? Like what's the, and even if I'm still mad at them, like what's the, what's the simplest thing I can do to express my love and affection for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, it might simply be like, not sneering at them but <laughs> yeah um it's probably a lot more than that but you never know that's but, a real thing though i i had to pray about um like my like my thoughts like when mm. someone would irritate me i may not say it out loud but i would think it yeah and yeah. i would get so upset and sometimes even like having these situations or scenarios that weren't even taking place but i'm like but if they do i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna have it ready and i would just be so upset or annoyed or angry and they don't deserve that no and they weren't necessarily doing any because i'm annoyed by them it doesn't mean that they're doing anything wrong and so i remember there's a period of time where i had to ask the lord to you know really help me have like honorable thoughts towards other people um and to have charitable thoughts towards them as well yeah that's a that's definitely a real thing yeah. I mean, even in marriage, like that's, it's something you have to, to be judicious with and, and mm-hmm. it would be very easy to just let resentment and anger get in. And I, th- I think that's really how, I mean, that, that most beautiful friendship gets poisoned is people yeah. allow resentment to come in. Mm-hmm. And that's how you see people who were best friends so deeply in love, like lose it all. And I mean, mm-hmm. what a shame. So I, I think that's, <clears throat> that's a challenge for for christians today of let like not letting friendships die mm-hmm. when it would be very easy to do so mm-hmm. so yeah jesus didn't let his friendships die mm. he and died he, instead yeah people, <laughs> people were really bad to him like, hey, remember that time you killed me it's like i still <laughs> Not the ones to prove it, just in case. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in case you forgot. Oh yeah. Um, but okay. Well, if it's okay, we have we've started when we do interviews, we started the tradition of ending with hot takes at the end. So I'll just answer like ask you rapid fire questions. And uh, um it's always get me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um but they're all I mean they're all pretty tame. So and that it, it's really we can do nose goes. So like whoever you have, do you do that? Like, are you familiar with that? So like somebody asks I've question. never really done it, but. Oh, okay, well, you're about to do it unless you want to there answer all the questions first. Okay, go, 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 go. Okay. Who has better food, Cali or Miami? Oh, wait, Miami, duh. 100%. Uh, I'm gonna go no, to Cali. But she's never been to no, Miami. It's not fair. That's, I've been that's to why both. I've been that's why I, uh, I've, I've been to the airport in Miami, so that doesn't count. That doesn't count. That is not the same as Pinecrest Bakery. She can oh. answer that after she comes to visit me. Yeah, Thank there you. we go. There we go. Okay, now, Marty, why do you say so? Why does Miami have better food? Okay, so here's my thing, right? Miami is like a country within a state, right? That's and we have a presentation. 100%. 
of like all these countries. And so you have like little Haiti, little DR, little Cuba, little everything, Peru. So we have incredible cuisine from all these countries in one city. California, even though it has really good food, it's more like they have really good Mexican food. They have really good Thai food. They have like, like you know, sushi, but like it's not as eclectic or like variety based as Miami. Okay, but we also are saying like Miami, a city versus the whole state of California. So <laughs> Miami is its own country, Chica. <laughs> I have money. So I have told people so many times Miami is a foreign country. Like it is its own, it's its own place. No, Chica has a good point. Like California is the second biggest state. I mean, well, third, but Alaska, I mean. There's not a lot of people there. Sorry, sorry to my friend John. He's listening right now. And he used to live there. He'll be like, Alaska's totally the same. Um, but that's that's a tough one. But I would say like, but Caddy love- does have good food. I will say amazing yeah. food. Okay, because right. well, well, we also have like our our cultural hubs. Yes, ma'am, we do. And even <laughs> like, even in like. I thought you were going to bring up in and out and I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. No, no, but we have like, okay, so like American foods, you have like in and out, but when you came and visited, did we not go and get like the video tacos and all of that? And they were amazing and you can get really great sushi. And then we went up to the mountains. And so we also have the views. So you can get amazing food and amazing views. Okay, we're not talking about views. We're talking about food. Oh, this is getting into a real program. You can do both. Yeah, but nobody can swim in your ocean. That's it's so true. true. It's no, freezing, no. Chica. It's- because it's like a hundred degrees. So then you go and dip in the okay. ocean where it's nice and refreshing rather than being like a bathtub. It's like four yeah. seconds. It's so cold. I- <laughs> no, no, it is delightful. Sorry, I'm California. Sorry. I'm in so, Miami. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so in and out has come up on the show before. And there's there's some strong opinions about in and out. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I just don't see no, it. It's, but what do you have like that is like an equivalent to In-N-Out? If you're going to talk about a burger place where you can get a delicious burger and fries, you can get a milkshake and it's you can either eat in or you can do a drive-through and great customer service. Have you ever what been to do McDonald's? you have that's equivalent? Oh, <laughs> don't say I, what's wrong with I'm you, done. Dan. Dan, get up. I'm Fuck angry. Out. I have Fuck been... Out, Dan. Oh, I would say like I don't know, like Shake Shack or like yeah, you know, or else delicious. Shake Shack. I just steak don't. And that's because in and out. Stick it in and out after like five minutes. It just doesn't taste good. You, oh, I was. Gonna you say get animal words. style, and then the fries just get super hard, and then it's just not fun anymore. And I'm you have sorry, to eat that's it right because you've been used it to the plastic well. food of McDonald's. Not, no, no, I'm not fry. talking about McDonald's. You eat a McDonald's fries, and then it, it gets lost in your car. A year later, you find it in the same shape yeah. it doesn't even like degrade because it's it's I not real food so I chica don't see it. I, like i don't really go to mcdonald's either but like we've got chick-fil-a here and i think the world Chick-fil-A is basically is everywhere yeah but it's it's, so short, it's from the south originally so oh, that's true yeah, yeah. we claim it um okay well we can spend <laughs> a lot of time talking on this but like the so pastelitos in in miami like they're in cafe con leche it's that's a mofongo and then we'll yeah talk. mofongo is so good that's legit is that the thing i ate when i was in new york it's like the plantains with the part of it yeah garlic okay. and chicharron yeah it's really really good so okay wow all right that one that was not so much a hot take that but that was a good one so all right this one won't be contentious i don't think we'll argue over this one um 
Sorry, Chica. I'm not trying to hate on California or in and out But yes. by the way, when I made the scarf comment earlier, I hope that didn't sound like I was hating on the scarf at all. I really like scarves. Oh, no, this scarf is gorgeous. I'm oh, yeah, it's a nice scarf. Florida is never delightful. cold enough to wear scarves, and I wear them anyway. That's and true. People, I was about to say, we still wear them. Yeah, That's people probably like, look clothes. at that guy. Well, it's, so. it's for fashion. Here, exactly. I'm like... I've legit bought so much stuff that's like, I've never, I bought something that's like as a balacava or something, whatever. It's like a, a ski mask and I bought it for like walking outside. Who would have thought? Who'd yeah. have thought? Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Favorite book of the Bible and why? Ooh. Okay. Oh man. That's hard. I'm going to, Oh man. Can I, I okay. So my favorite, it's a toss up between a couple, but I'll say that I'll John that. chapter 14 is actually like my favorite, hands down, like my favorite book uh, or like chapter, book and chapter, because you have everything from like, I'm the way, the truth and the life. In my father's house, there are many rooms. You can do greater things than I. You have the Holy Spirit, the advocate is coming. Like there's just yeah, so yeah. much good in John chapter 14. Oh, wow. You even have a chapter. Like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Don't yeah. give me a chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Your question was book. Marty, Marty just likes all of it. Like the whole thing. The whole thing is good. Well, yeah, I was originally, I was like Sirach when I was like first getting back to my, to my faith. I feel like yeah. it's a really good one that is underappreciated. Um, John is my favorite gospel. And then just like the letters. I'm sorry, like Romans, Philippians, Ephesians. Romans is good. I love Romans. Romans is fire. Romans is so yeah. good. Um, so I just chose like five. No, there's, <laughs> yeah. You. That's fine. Um, I'm a, I love Luke's gospel because of how much we see the father's mercy and love come through, especially oh, uh, Luke 15, um, yeah. the prodigal son and the good mm -hmm. shepherd and the lost coin. Yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, just anytime you're feeling far from God, read that. And like, that's how much he loves you. Um, good stuff. Okay. Cheeseburgers or pizza. Cheeseburger. Day. Mm -hmm. I'm not choosing. <laughs> <laughs> you do love food. You can't, yeah. I love it. This is ridiculous. Yeah. No, that's, that's a, when I was writing that, I was like, I don't even know. That's an unfair question. That's one of those ones. It's not like, oh, I, should... I answered it. Cheeseburger. But, okay. Well, what are your pizza toppings? Everything. Yeah. I was about to say everything. Like, it just, there's just not a lot that it. doesn't belong on a pizza. Yeah. Seriously. Dominicans, you don't like pineapple. Are you a pineapple no. person? No. Oh, okay. I I Dominicans like put salty. corn on pizza. Oh, yeah. I don't really There's love that. There's a place in Los Angeles called Rosie Pizza where you can get an elote pizza. So I'm just saying, <clears throat> come on over. So I like salty, sweet, and heat. So I like a pineapple, pepperoni, and jalapeno pizza. That sounds good. That sounds Amazing. good. Take take away the jalapeno, and then I'm there. You need to. I like, I like the heat. Yeah. yeah, I like I like I like heat on everything. So mm -hmm. I have. I was actually just talking with with a friend earlier today. Regina doesn't like heat on anything, and so whenever I'm cooking, if I add heat to it, I just have to add it after the fact. And it's mm -hmm. so in heaven there will be spicy food. But, yeah. Or so. <laughs> not. Or not. Um, okay, and this is this one's just kind of silly. Um, tropical island or winter wonderland. Tropical Island. Tropical Island unless it's December. <laughs> if it's December, I want Winter Wonderland. Only in December. 
Why December? It's December and there's no because winter. it's Christmas time, and I want I want to go with Christmas songs and <laughs> sing songs about snow while it's actually snowing and not just sand. Yeah, no, fair enough. I get I do get tired of like eighty degree weather all year round. I wouldn't mind. I only just, want like, it for one month though. That's it. Yeah, a month. Like that's enough because <laughs> then you can take the scarves out and and then you put them away. So, <laughs> um, but what's the what's the weather like in Pittsburgh right now, Chica? It's weird. It's like, oh, it's a heat wave. It was in the fifties. <laughs> that's that's like, warm. That's that's it's really warm. Yeah, that yeah. was like, oh my gosh, today was like warm. I'm only wearing one pair of pants today. I was only wearing one shirt today. Not like I, for the past couple of days, it's been like two pairs of pants and whatever. So right now it's 39 degrees and it was a high of 53. It's going to have a low of 30. So this is actually a lot warmer than it has been. Um, there were a couple of days where it's like 20, but this morning I walked outside, it was like 27 degrees or 20, 24 degrees. And again, just in shirts and a, a shirt, like, all right, pants and a shirt. There we go. Yeah. It's a little cool here too. It's at 74. <laughs> so it's like a little breeze. Yeah. <laughs> I can, so I have a, I have a superpower. I can get sunburned in Florida all year long. Like even I could go outside today. If I were outside too long, I would get sunburned. You're so thin. What's that? Isn't it like when it's when it's uh, cloudy? That's when it's like the worst. It can't. Well, I mean, can be for me. Yeah, like I have I have had friends tease me for putting sunscreen on when it's cloudy, and they're like, "Really, yeah. Dan? Like, Ooh. what? Do, like, what's going on?" And it, like, look, you have sunglasses on. If you're protecting your eyes, I'm going to protect my skin. So, go ahead now. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I kind of already accidentally asked the last one, but I'll ask it again just to see if we get a different answer. So what practice of discipleship do you wish every Catholic would start doing now? We, we did answer the... Uh, I know, yeah. Like yeah okay. right, what, right now, what's right the now. next one that they should all do? Spend time in adoration and go to confession. Confession, confession and adoration will like change yeah. your life. Like literally do that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> It's easy. It's easy to to wake up and be like, wow, it's been like four months since I've gone to confession. Yeah. If you think about it, like you can commit a lot of sins in four months. John Paul II went to confession like every week or something. Yeah, yeah. He's probably confessing for me. All right. So Mari had Mari had two. And so Chica, what would you say? And you can't use her answers. No, that was I said you can Um confession is a definite one and honestly i think a legitimate prayer for the church mm. because a lot of people are angry with the church have been hurt by the church yeah uh have been hurt by people who claimed authority like on speaking on behalf of the church mm. and you know i always tell people like mother church is perfect but her members are not and we have to be able to differentiate but we also i mean it's so frustrating when um there are people who are prominent Catholics who are speaking on behalf of the church and they have no authority to, and the things that they're saying are not the fullness of truth. Um, and so we need to really honestly pray for unification within the church, uh, pray for our priests who are being attacked on every front. Um, and, and in multiple ways, like they're being spiritually attacked. They are lonely and they, they need good community. 
um, or they're falling into the trap of like, you know, the pitfalls of the internet or of, of uh, some cultural things and whatnot. Um, and for Pope Francis, like, man, I wish people would pray for him, like an authentic prayer, not like, let me not say what people have said, but yeah. an authentic <laughs> prayer for Pope Francis of like, just Jesus, like, love him and let him love you and, you know, guide him as he prays and leads the Catholic faith and, you know, grant him wisdom rather than like, you know, all these other prayers. Um, so like, yes, confession and pray for like mother church for good priests good religious and for us to be great lay people as well those are good yeah. that's a great place to stop mm -hmm. well ladies thanks so much this was a lot of fun i really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and i uh, yeah. can't wait to put this one out there i think people are really going to appreciate it thanks for having us this is great oh you bet well <laughs> god bless you both have a wonderful evening and look forward to maybe the next time